I believe in Christ, he is my king. All my heart to him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy. In grand amens my tongue employ. I believe in Christ. Welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. Uh, thank you for joining me. This is the podcast where I talk about the Come Follow Me lesson for individuals and families from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as cover any church news from the church for the past week. So we'll get into that. Um, if you'd like to check out the podcast, head over to IBelieveInChrist.net. Um, there's some links there, some more about me. Um, any music from the episode is from the band Colobite. You can check them out uh, anywhere you listen to music. Uh, this week will be episode 44, November 11th through the 17th. Uh, Hebrews chapters 7 through 13 in High Priest of Good Things to Come. So stay tuned and we will get into the lesson, but first we'll get some church news going. He is the source of truth and light. I believe in Christ, he ransoms me. From Satan's grasp, he sets me free. And I shall live with joy and love. All right, so church news this week. Uh, there wasn't too much going on, but um, a few things did happen. So first off, there were, the church issued an official statement on the tragedy that happened in Mexico. I do not have a lot of uh, details on the accident um, in Mexico, or not accident, but tragedy that happened. Um, I have just a brief rundown, but uh, the, the church issued this response. Uh, it says, in response to tragedy Monday in Mexico that took the lives of many members of the LeBaron family, Eric Hawkins, uh, spokesman of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, shared this statement with media. We are heartbroken to fear, sorry, we are heartbroken to hear of the tragedy that has touched these families in Mexico, though it is our understanding that they are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our love, prayers, and sympathies are with them as they mourn and remember their loved ones. So a pretty um, significant tragedy that happened. Um, I, Like I said, I don't have all the details, but just remember these families in your prayers. Uh, it was very sad and unfortunate what happened. Um, let's see, moving on. The title of Liberty Raised in Three Country Tour of Central America. It says, uh, Latter-day Saints participate in Re Historic Religious Freedom Conference. Um, so some members of the church toured through South America and kind of uh, did this religious freedom conference where they were talking about the importance of religious freedom. There were some interesting things um, that stuck out to me in this article, um, things that, you know, maybe uh, I don't know, I don't think of uh, all too often. Um, but there were a few quotes. Um, let's see, who were they quoting here? So uh, Gary... Uh, Doxy, Associate Director for the International Center for Law and Religious Stud Religion Studies at Brigham Young University. So some of the quotes he had in here said that in recent times, 71% of governments, or sorry, 71% of the governments of Latin American countries have increased restriction on religious freedom. Uh, and he goes on to say, uh, a few other things. He says, with rising militant secularism and a decrease in religion, 
generally there is a critical need to put in place, working together, rules and statutes that protect the freedom of religion and belief space for for believer and the non-believer alike. So some some cool stuff happening in South America. Um, I think too often we don't hear about all the little policy changes that governments are making that can directly affect uh, people's religious freedom, which is obviously very important. And I know a lot of times when the church sticks their nose in uh, government, people tend to get upset, especially uh, here in the States and here in Utah. Um, But I think it's important to remember that uh, the church, I mean, this whole country is founded on, uh, you know, freedom of religion, and we need to protect that. And the church does a fantastic job protecting uh, our right to have the freedom of religion. Um, anyway, moving on to the next thing, uh, light the world or hashtag light the world, uh, giving machines expanded 10 locations during the Christmas season. Uh, some of which I think have already rolled out. Yes. Um, so they have 10, uh, these giving machines are the big red, uh, machines. That's like a vending machine and you can just go and buy something and it'll donate whatever you bought to uh, charity. So it said last year they raised like $2.8 million, $2.3 million in 2018 um, for just from these giving machines, which is, I mean, that's crazy. Um, That's a a lot of uh, money that was given. So pretty awesome. Uh, some, Some of the locations this year, where these machines will end up is uh, Manila, Philippines, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Hawaii, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Utah, Orem, Utah, Denver, Colorado, San Jose, California, New York, New York, and London, England. So if you are near one of those places and want to go check it out, um, they did say one thing you can do this year is you can actually, so I guess last year it was just you swipe your card, you can buy one item, but now it says you can put a few items, uh, multiple items on one swipe. Uh, if you wanted to buy a couple different things, so uh, for charity, so pretty cool. Um, it says it the price ranges from two to three hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, items include food, clothing, medicine, hygiene supplies, sporting equipment, and livestock. Uh, so some cool stuff. Um, let's see. Moving on, the Washington County Utah Temple uh, site was announced. So Washington County is down by St. George or in St. George rather. Um, so it says uh, the northeast of 3000 East and 1580 South in St. George, uh, they will construct a three-story, 88,000-square-foot temple. Um, so it'll be the second second temple in uh, St. George. And yeah, the St. George Temple is going, on, going through extensive renovation and will reopen in 2022. But um, this new temple is going up. I did the little map. It's like way out on the east side of I-15, if you're not familiar with St. George. I didn't know the address, but uh, looking at it on there, it's over on the east side of I-15. Yeah. So that is cool, too. And then lastly, the First Presidency welcomes leader of the Muslim World League, or MWL, as they call it throughout the uh, this uh, news release. But uh, his name, let's see here, His Excellency Dr. Mohammed Abdul Karim Al Isa promotes a course toward pe- uh, peaceful coexistence. Um, so he met with the First Presidency and 
Um, he also met with Elder Bednar and was shown Welfare Square. And uh, he had some, uh, obviously, very nice things to say about the church, about Joseph Smith, and the tolerance that he had for other religions. And, um, yeah, so a pretty good article, if you're interested in reading it, um, about his visit here and about the things that um, he is doing uh, just around the world to get uh, uh, kind of uh, Muslims, I guess, uh, working well with other religions as well. Um, hopefully I didn't say anything that I shouldn't have there. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's it for the church news though. So, um, like I said, there wasn't too much going on this week, but, um, some good things still coming out of church headquarters. Uh, so we will move on to the come follow me lesson for individuals and families episode or sorry, lesson, I think it's lesson 44. Um, but that will be, uh, Hebrews chapter 7 through 13 and High Priest of Good Things to Come. Okay, Hebrews chapters 7 through 13, uh, and High Priest of Good Things to Come. So the lesson this upcoming week... Um, it was a very good lesson. Uh, it's one of those that they give you some of the content here, and then there's lots of uh, see alsos, or there's lots of, there's lots of references to talks in other scriptures, and just right out the gate, definitely take some time to study these other scriptures, these other talks, um, and we'll get into it, and I'll share some of the things that I really enjoyed. Um, but real quick, going back to last week um, about who wrote Hebrews, I was listening to another podcast. And they were saying it's like definitely not Paul. Like for sure it wasn't Paul. I don't know. I don't know that it's important, but I don't even remember what I said. I it could have been. I could have said I think you know we just accept that it's Paul. That Paul was involved. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm just saying I was probably wrong. Whatever I said last week. Just uh, anyway. So the lesson this week is continuing in Hebrews and the, these, this epistle to the Hebrews and what they should be doing. Um, but like I said, it's a good lesson and there's lots of additional study topics. Um, I study this like every morning except for Friday and it was hard to get through the whole thing with all of the additional topics just because there's so many things going on. Um, so getting right into it, the first section is uh, the Melchizedek priesthood is the higher priesthood. So the priesthood of Aaron or the Aaronic priesthood was given to the people um, in, you know, through Moses, uh, given to Aaron to d officiate for, uh, I'm stumbling over my words, but uh, for temporal well-being of the people there, right? And only descendants of Aaron or people, you know, of Aaron could... Uh, hold the Aaronic priesthood at the time. And in today's uh, time, it's a little different. We, you know, uh, deacons, teachers, and priests all have the Aaronic priesthood. It's, we call it the preparatory priesthood. It's the priesthood that they use to um, take care of the temporal well-being of our ward. The, the bishop sits as the president of the priest quorum, and his principal uh, job is, you know, to take care of the temporal needs of the ward. So, um, this is getting into the Melchizedek priesthood, the priesthood that comes after this Aaronic priesthood and why it was needed. 
So there are a few things um, here that it talks about. Um, but Melchizedek, just getting to know him, was a, uh, a priest, a, a very faithful priest. Um, and then they, this priesthood that he has is actually the priesthood um, that Jesus Christ had. And it's Jesus Christ priesthood, but it was named the Melchizedek priesthood. And there is so much more in-depth uh, information to this that I'm not talking about. Sorry, my dog's down here running around. Um, but um, w as you study this, little things will come out. I, I don't have, like, the full history of it right in front of me. But um, th some of the things that are very good here are some of the talks that they referenced. And so... Um, Skipping uh, ahead a little bit, but it gets into a talk by Henry B. Eyring called "Faith and uh, Faith and the Oath and Covenant of the Priesthood," and so he talks a lot about what this priesthood is and uh, just kind of like the role it plays in our our lives and the importance of it. Um, it was a fantastic talk, so definitely check that one out, um, as well as Dallin H. Oaks' talk on the keys and authority of the priesthood. Um, this talk was from 2014, and I I do not recall hearing this talk. And um, it was fantastic to go back and listen to again, but he breaks down the difference between the keys of the priesthood, uh, the authority of the priesthood, and the power of the priesthood. And he breaks down in silos, uh, you know, how the priesthood affects men and uh, how it also affects women. And it it was a great talk. Um, and it, he talks about uh, the keys that have been restored to the earth today the importance of those keys, and then the keys um, that we know have not been restored to the earth today. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was just a fantastic talk. I definitely recommend checking out that talk. Um, but there's a few other references here um, about, you know, Doctrine and Covenants chapter 84, the Oath and Covenant of the Priesthood. Um, so definitely go and read about the Oath and Covenant of the Priesthood. And uh, let's see, what else do we have? The, hmm... Yeah, there was just so much, like, the whole section here online is just highlighted with notes and stuff. Um, but um, maybe getting back to the priesthood real quick. This higher priesthood, it was a higher and holier uh, priesthood that with it brought the keys to saving ordinances, uh, giving the gift of the Holy Ghost, Um you know, the endowment we do through the power of the Melchizedek priesthood, uh, the sealing and anointings, um, like sealings in general, or sorry, I meant Washington anointings, but sealings uh, is a huge one. That is all done, uh, you know, with the keys, uh, but uh, the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood. So, um, yeah, take some time to study through this. Um, excellent, excellent section. Uh, moving on to the next section, the ancient and modern ordinances point to Jesus Christ. Uh, so this one talks about, and getting back to Hebrews a little bit, sorry, I um, kind of brushed over that. But, I mean, these these Jewish people, um, these Jewish converts, they know this, uh, they know that these ordinances, these ancient ordinances, I mean, it's their life, it's what they came from doing. And um, in the, the epistle here, the writer's trying to get them to understand that all of these ordinances pointed to Jesus Christ. The whole point of doing them was to uh, anticipate a light, uh, that Christ was going to come and do these things for them. Uh, let's see, in one of the 
Um, so there was a video that they recommend watching Sacrifice and Sacrament, uh, where he talks about how animal sacrifice had been done from the time of Adam all the way until Christ was sacrificed, at which time, you know, sacrifices were complete. And then we were to offer ourselves as a sacrifice, a personal sacrifice, uh, give over our lives to Heavenly Father, um, you know, each week as we partake of the sacrament. But um, the there's another, so that video and then another one called The Tabernacle um, do a good job to show the, the ordinances that the um, ancient people did, the, the ancient Jewish people, and um, just how important they were, uh, why they did them, and that they did testify of Jesus Christ. So um, that Sacrifice and Sacrament video was pretty good. Um, it did say it was L. Tom Perry, but just side note, it didn't look like L. Tom Perry. Even like I looked up pictures and I'm pretty sure that it's just mislabeled or something because maybe there's another L. Tom Perry. I don't know. It said Elder L. Tom Perry. Anyway, so um, a, a very good uh, a very good section um, about those ordinances and just the importance that they, they were and um, how they pointed everyone to Jesus Christ. That was like their whole purpose, was to point you to the Savior. Um, and then in, in it as well, uh, it talks about the importance of preparing for and partaking of the sacrament today, um, that ordinance and how that points us at the Savior as well, um, which all the ordinances we do point us at the Savior. So, uh, moving on, the next section says, Faith requires trusting in God's promises. Uh, so, again, uh, Hebrews 11 is the chapters on faith, like the whole chapters on faith. Uh, like uh, chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, so the writer here is just going through everybody, talking about faith and how uh, it's by faith that all these things were done. All these things anciently were done by faith. Uh, verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Uh, verse 5, By faith <clears throat> Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen yet, uh, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, Verse 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called out to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing whether uh, whether he went. And it just goes on and on uh, with story after story of faith. Um, so take some time to read this, these uh, scriptures about faith. Uh, one of the activities for families is to come up with your own, um, your own definition of faith and what, what it means to you. Um, I thought that would be a good exercise. Um, oh, yeah. So consider developing your own definition of faith as you ponder the ideas in Hebrew 11. And then there's a talk here. It, I believe this was referenced earlier uh, in an earlier lesson, but in uh, High Priest of Good Things to Come by Jeffrey R. Holland. Um, so you can go check out this uh, this talk by Jeffrey R. Holland. I'm sure we'll all remember it. But, um, again, another, like, really good talk that they uh, suggest reading. Um, but that's the, that's the three sections this week for the remaining chapters in Hebrews. Uh, so next week we will get into 
Uh, what is it, James? I think it's James. Let me get over there. Let's see. Yeah, the whole book of James will be next week. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only uh, for November 18th through 25th. Uh, enjoy studying this week. Um, like I said, it was there's a lot of stuff to get through. So I hope that you can, I don't know, learn something new or get something out of it. Yeah, I thought it was an awesome lesson. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you again for listening. Uh, feel free to subscribe on whatever podcast stuff. Um, I don't really do too much promoting or anything, but uh, if you like it, share it, uh, subscribe on things, follow follow me on Facebook or Instagram. And um, yeah, thanks for listening and have a good week. Thank you. Thank you.